Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. We've done all the books. And now we're diving into the TV show. Join us every Tuesday for a new mission. And don't worry, we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Maybe. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. Oh my god. So, today, when Scott and I were watching the show, that's right, Scott's back, we were watching together. (laughs) This has been a major mistake, I think. Um, Because today, he spent a good five minutes talking over the show so I couldn't hear it to ask me why we haven't gotten Boris to give us the number to the hawk. Not Christopher, the hawk. (laughs) The actual hawk. The actual hawk. I'm sure the hawk's not around anymore, Scott. He's very, he's clearly very dead. I mean, the show was over 20 years ago. Yeah. The hawk's dead. Yeah. (laughs) Did he cry? No, I just told him to stop talking. (laughs) It wasn't like one of those situations where a kid's like, I'm going to write a letter to Santa. And you're like, oh, honey, I have to tell you something. (laughs) We can't say this. There might be children listening. And we can say the fuck word, but we cannot tell them that Santa isn't real. (laughs) (laughs) Priorities. Yeah, that's right. Priority number one. So he just starts talking. Like He doesn't like nicely pause the episode and then say what he needs to say. No, he just he <laughs> talks over it. So today, let me tell you the topics we covered today while the episode was on. Christ. Of course, the, the hawk and getting the phone number of the hawk. And then he wanted to know which one was Rachel's cousin and how that worked out. And then he just wanted to talk to me about how Sean Ashmore was in Cadet Kelly. So he talked about <laughs> he that was... for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So he went on about that, and then he started listing off, as he was reading through the Wikipedia of Sean Ashmore, was like, oh, Sean Ashmore also knows Kevin Bacon. I'm like, please, I have to watch this episode. <laughs> and he was just like, Sean Ashmore, can you call him and tell tell him, uh, tell him me about what he thought about Lizzie McGuire? Because like, he got to work with Lizzie McGuire. I'm like, no, we're not talking about Cadet Kelly. And then he cackled, and he was like, Haha, I want to know all about Cadet Kelly. And then it just... I, I think I missed at least half of this episode. Wow. What a chaotic person. It's true. It's <laughs> It's been difficult. Um, and then also he did spend, I guess, I didn't even hear this line because once again, Scott was talking over him. Apparently at one point, Marco says something about having a jaguar morph. And Scott just kept asking me, when did he touch a jaguar? And I'm like, I... I don't remember him doing it, but probably at the zoo. And he's like, when did they go to the zoo? And I'm like, you got to watch the episodes that you missed. And then he's like, where did the tiger? Like, and then I started talking about the tiger and then he just went off. He was like, what does Carol Baskin motherfucker up in here? And I'm like, please, (laughs) I have to watch the show. Oh my God. So I've, I think I've missed 50% of this episode at least. I don't recall Marco saying anything about a jaguar. But also, there were like five or six lines that that the actors muttered, and I could not, for the life of me, catch what the fuck they were saying. Uh, yeah, I was that like, too. did anyone mic these people? Like, what is going on? There were, there were. Okay, 
the camera shots improved exponentially. The whoever was doing the sound just Tanked? failed. Tanked it. Oh they, my god. They beefed it hard. And okay, just to be clear, because I had this thought the other day and I was like, oh fuck, like what if I have this fear that at some point we're gonna reconvene and find out that we each watched a different episode. I have that fear constantly. Like today's okay. guy was like, What episode are you on? I'm like, uh, try six. And then he put on six. I'm like, no, we definitely watched this one. Okay. Yeah. Um so but it, it was the oatmeal one for you, right? Yes. Okay, guys. Okay, thank God. <laughs> I just had this like horrifying fucking thought the other day and I was like, what if we cause it happened when I realized that there were two recordings of this episode available online and mm-hmm. that they were flipped. Jesus Christ. Like like one had had everything starting from the left and the other had starting from the right. And I couldn't tell which was the correct one. And, I, and for some reason, my brain was like, what if one day you and Alex watch different episodes? I'm not going to lie to you. I think that every time we sit down to record, like the first episode, I was I was pretty sure when we watched the right. first one. Yeah. Second one, also pretty sure. By the time we got to, like, the fourth episode, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I have no idea what we've done. I don't know what we've recorded. I don't know who I am. I don't oh, know where Christ. we are. Oh, God. It's, yeah, the whole thing was chaos. And then I thought about texting you to ask, but then I'm like, no, that would be fucking, like, you should know. You're half of this <laughs> podcast conglomerate. Like, you should know. So I let my hubris get in the way of... <laughs> correcting myself. Oh my god. I mean, we have never we've never fucked up the books. That's not true. I fucked up the books. Remember? I fucked up the order of the books because oh, of when right. the Horkbajer. Tobias Horkbajer. No. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking I flipped those. But we caught it before the episodes went live and we corrected behind the scenes part the kimono. Well we corrected it. <laughs> I just mean we've never read different books from each other. That's true. We've never so, read different books. But yeah. like it it was such a commitment, though, with the books. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's much harder because you read the whole book and then you, like, you know what the next one is because you've spent six hours with this book. But the TV show, it's like, I don't know where I am. I don't. And, like, if something yeah. doesn't make sense, you're like, is this my fault or is this their fault? I don't know. True. And with the books, we we did that little thing at the end where I got to look at the next book cover. And, like, mm-hmm. confirm on the air with you what we were doing next. Because I'd be like, oh, it's the the cheetah book or the raccoon book or whatever. Right. Yeah. So, but with the TV show, all bets are fucking off. <sighs> all bets are fucking off. Oh, my God. Oh, speaking of all bets are off, can I can I pop in with another cool segment that I've just come up with just now? Fuck yeah. Okay, so... Uh, we got some commentary on the Andalite Bandalites group from Caitlin. I can't tell you her last name, obviously. <laughs> um, but Caitlin was an extra on a TV show and gave us some like really fucking rad insights into like what it's like to be a non line speaking extra on Ooh. a TV show. Ooh. I know. I highly recommend going to the Andalites Bandalites page and reading it because it's extremely cool. Oh, my um, God. I know. So here's like casual knowledge that Caitlin just dropped on me. Like, you can't speak a line because then you have to be a Screen Actors Guild member. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, because they have fucking unions or whatever. 
Exactly. Oh. So, yeah. So, Caitlin was an extra on, um, I, of course, I'm just an idiot and can't fucking remember a single goddamn thing. Uh, was an extra on Super Ninjas in 2012 with George Takei. How do I remember George Takei and not the name of the show? Here we are. Welcome. I'm three white claws in. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they were saying that they just got an email saying how many outfits to bring on set and like they'll look through what you have. They'll pick combinations, blah, blah, blah. Hair and makeup does your hair however they want. Um, and then, then Caitlin started talking about, like, they just give you basic fucking directions. Like, the director or the assistant director was just like, hey, you lot over here, all 30 of you, do this, don't do that. And then they do, like, a couple practice runs or whatever. So then, like Caitlin was saying, like, for the Yerk Pool extras, like, they just probably weren't given very specific directions on how to Mm -hmm. react and, like... Then also, which of course I never think of because I'm thinking like, oh, they're doing this for like an hour a day and then they're gone because we only see 30 seconds of film. But, you know, they were like, no, it's a 12 to 14 hour day with a super early wake up call. And then you just wait around mindlessly. So like by the time you get to hour 14, maybe they're just like grabbing on to the people to stand up and like it looks like they're helping them because like they're not thinking about anything because they've been on set for like fucking 14 hours. Gotcha. Yeah, so um, this was really awesome that we got all of this insider info of what it's like to be an extra on set. And it it definitely makes me, like, feel a lot, like, I I feel a lot of sympathy now for all of the Yerkpool people that we were so mean to. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, we were kind of talking about that. Like, I think, from what I remember, we started off by saying, like, all these extras fucked up. And then we kind of, like, went into, like, well, but they probably weren't given good direction from the people who were in charge of the shot so thank god because like that's what i remembered too and then i'm like but also did i say that like after we hit stop on the episode (laughs) (laughs) my constant fear no i yeah i it always kind of goes back to whoever's in charge i think yeah but but not even that necessarily because again it could be like other things going on like you never know who to blame i think the best that we can do is just point out what didn't work and then make up some bullshit about why (laughs) (laughs) fucking speculate like crazy and blame people without knowing anything (laughs) i I mean okay so let's let's for a second take the absolute opposite tact of this and say like that's one of the things that that I feel like all of the cast of Firefly always talks about because everybody's like, oh, Firefly was so great. I can't believe it got canceled, blah, 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 which first of all had to do with them pulling the shitty TV slot. And then also they aired the episodes out of order. It was a disaster. But all of that aside, when they talk about the production of Firefly, all they talk about is how everybody brought 100% each day. And that's why it's so good. And like, I feel like I've seen... I've seen interviews with, like, you know, obviously with, like, Mal and Kaylee and, and blah, blah, like, I've seen a ton of different interviews with those guys, and every single time they always say, like, everybody brought 100%. And, like, I feel like the Animorphs tale is a tale of how, like, most people brought 100%, but, like, a couple people brought, like, 20% to the reaction. Yeah, and it's probably one of those situations where it really does take a village, yeah. So if some people are going to half-ass it, it's going to show up. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what... Like, even now, it's like all of the skill sets, I feel like I by episode 
six or whatever. We're experts. But I feel like the skill sets are there. Like we've seen the good cha- like choices that they've made with how to show morphing monsters. We've seen the good camera work. We've seen the good this, the good that, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But they can never quite get all of the good pieces there on the same day. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah. Anyways, thank you, Caitlin, for telling us all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It and, was super cool. And I think I speak for both of us when I say that if you've ever worked on like a TV show or film and you have any sort of insight or corrections to send us, please, please send them because we want to learn. Yeah. I mean, it can only help us. Like all we know is like the single per- person's perspective yeah. of doing any production. <laughs> yeah. Like, we've both done some filming in college, but we really don't know how, like, it works as, like, a whole professional system, and we don't know how it's changed from, like, the 90s to now, and mm-hmm. there's probably books and resources we could check out to learn, but... Um... Listen, I'm extremely <laughs> busy reading the Hunger Games book right now, so you can just fuck off with that. <laughs> God. All right, uh, I guess I'll talk about the episode. Yeah? It sounds good to me, yeah. Okay. So our first stop on this train of oatmeal is we're going to go to a diner. And the first fucking thing we see is, like, a fan in the corner, in the upper right-hand corner of the diner. For some reason, mm-hmm. this fan makes a lot of fucking appearances in this first scene, and I don't understand why. Not a clue. Um, so we're in the diner, somebody making milkshakes, there's a middle-aged waitress, and she's wearing the kind of classic waitressing outfit, walking by with a cup of coffee past some teenagers. Wait, those teenagers look familiar. It's three of our kids. Marco is trying to convince Rachel, let's just sneak in, let's just do it, let's just change, sneak in, sneak out, no one will ever be the wiser. Rachel's like, no, Jake will never go for that. It's too risky. And besides, we shouldn't more for selfish reasons, even to go to the new planet Hollywood. Marco's like, but Arnold will be there. And Axe goes, who is this Arnold? Is he from the planet of Hollywood? <laughs> Rachel raises an eyebrow and Marco tells Axe to get a clue and says he's never going to understand human culture. Um, waitress comes over with some milkshakes, starts handing them out. Rachel's the only one who says thank you. Marco just fucking, like, grabs it from her because he's rude. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Axe kind of watches him for a minute, and then he starts contemplating both the straw and the spoon and decides to start sucking on the spoon. <laughs> Marco's basically like, easy there, buddy, don't blow a fuse. Axe finally figures out the spoon and starts shoveling the milkshake into his mouth because he's amazing. He is amazing. <laughs> After Axe does anything, I'm just going to tell everyone how much I love him. It's going to get old. I... I agree with this, and I think you should do this for the entire time. It's probably on the bingo chart, honestly. Yes, Casey gushes over Axe and how perfect he is. Yes. <laughs> um, Marco kind of laughs at him, but then he kind of looks up. There's a man at the counter. He is sweaty, he's disheveled, he is clutching his head, and he's eating oatmeal and trembling. He looks like a fucking drug addict. Mm-hmm. Um... Marco's watching him. The waitress is watching him. The guy has, like, five empty bowls in front of him. And he looks up at the waitress and he says pleadingly, you can't be out. And she says, you ate the last package already. Rachel kind of looks up, turns around in slow motion, of course, to let us know that the scene is ramping up. 
and the guy's like, I need more oatmeal, instant maple. And we see some more shots of that fucking diner fan for some reason. <laughs> There's a very extremely uncomfortable close-up of the waitresses who, who says, as I said, no can do. So many uncomfortable close-ups of, of extras' faces I know. in this. They need to just cut away. There's one later that really pisses me off. Um, Chad or whatever. Chip. Oh, Chip. Chip. Oh. Sorry. Anyways. Oh. So then we get a super extremely severe diagonal angle and slow-mo sandwich on the drug addict guy. He starts licking all the bowls clean and everybody is starting to look over and watch him. Marco's like, that guy makes Axe look normal. And Rachel looks at Axe, who has the start. He's decided to stick his entire hand in his milkshake glass and scoop it out like a bear. And she says, or not. And she looks back over at the drug addict guy who's doing the exact same thing with his bowl of oatmeal. How did you feel about this visual comparison? So how I read it, I thought it was really funny because how I read the scene was Axe watched the controller did it. And in my mind, Axe went... Oh, this is how people eat. So he started doing it too, like mimicking, like, oh, a human. And and like, so in my mind, it was this whole other narrative of Axe, like was starting to mimic this guy before Axe realized like, oh, my, my friends are not reacting to this guy in a normal way. And that's when he kind of stopped and was like, oh, okay, don't, don't shovel the milkshake in your mouth. Okay. Interesting. Cause I was like, are they trying to equate like this humorous, situation of what axe is doing to this like very serious situation of the guy who's clearly like suffering like what is the tone that they're going for here but i like how you were just like oh yeah axe was just copying him so yeah i i mean it's it's fan fiction but like basically that's i was like yeah axe was just axe saw another human doing it and thought like oh this is proper and then it yeah that was my okay i mean i made up a story i mean (laughs) we know from the books that axe is addicted to sugar but i don't know if like Mm-hmm. viewers watching the show who haven't read the books would necessarily know that so i got a little confused but yeah i was not looking at at, at this point i've like given up entirely on like people watching this show will know what's going on because like just watching it with scott who like oh scott was fucking lost <laughs> to, he had no fucking he was like what's with the oatmeal why is this happening what's going on and it's yeah. like i don't know man give up i guess i don't know man like, <laughs> i'm just a bird <laughs> just a bird i don't know man I, it's like he makes me tell him these things and i'm like you do realize that i've published this content for free and you could like listen to it at any time <laughs> but instead he's like no i'm the little i'm the birthday cake boy i demand <laughs> my cakes and creams tell me about this oh and i'm God. like you know what spoon feed this to me <laughs> Spoon feed this to me. You know about animorphs. Tell me how it goes. Instead of doing... Fuck. This is just going to turn into me complaining about how Scott makes me do all the heavy lifting in this animorphs world. Honestly, same, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, listen, man. I've talked about this in depth. Like, you could easily find it. You don't... There's not even a paywall. Like, we're doing this for free. Yeah. (laughs) And the fact that he doesn't want to listen to your voice for two hours at a time really annoys me. Like, come on. You are... Honestly, why... You are his queen. Why did I even marry him? I think we should get divorced before our first anniversary because (laughs) this is clearly heading down a path that I don't like. Oh, no. But yeah, no, he's just like little princely boy sitting here demanding I explain Animorphs to him. And I'm literally like, 
dude, like, I, come on. I explain Animorph so much. Like, I talk about it all the time. Do? I literally talk about it all the time. And, like, sometimes I'll start explaining something and then it'll lead us to, like, this oatmeal thing. So I'm like, he's like, okay, so, like, what's up with this guy? I'm like, well, you know, it's like oatmeal and, like, the instant ginger maple oatmeal thing. And he's like, well, what's that about? I'm like, well, you know, they ate it and they realized it could sustain them, blah, blah, blah. They didn't need to get Kindrona raised. And that turned into, like, what are Kindrona raised? I'm like, motherfucker, can you even do the most basic work? Oh, no. Like, I can't explain everything to you. And then he's like, oh, so, like, it's like a blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, it's kind of like drugs for them. Like, they get addicted to it. It keeps them alive, like, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of sort of like an addiction. And he's like, they're addicted to oatmeal? I'm like... Yeah, I know it sounds insane, but it sounds less insane when you read it in the context of the book. And, like, then I started telling him about the whole, like, underground fight where Rachel threw a barrel into the yerk pool. And then he turns around and he goes, a barrel of what? And I'm like, of oatmeal! Oh, my God! <laughs> and it was just like, oh, I just, I couldn't. <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm the one that decided to watch Fucking it with him. chaos. I'm just surprised you didn't know what Candrona rays are because they've literally summed up what Candrona rays are in every fucking episode of the show so far. That's, that's what's killing me. Like, I, I literally, I had this crisis when this episode ended where I'm like, I, like, how, cause how can you be so stupid? Like, of course we all know what Candrona rays are. You don't have to tell me every episode, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, I look at Scott and I'm like, they do have to tell us what yeah. Candrona oh, rays no. are. <laughs> like, he's the audience that they're going towards. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not working. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was like, I had a, a crisis, just a total crisis where I'm like, Oh no, I suddenly understand everything that they're doing in the show. Everything we criticize <laughs> is completely legitimate. It hit like, oh God, we tried to come at this from an objective perspective of somebody who didn't read the books, but like we have to acknowledge we read the books because clearly we like are retaining something that people that just watch casually are not. Yeah, well, and we've not only read the books, we've dissected them like yes. thoroughly. Yeah. And we talk about them daily thoroughly. with other mega fans. And it's like, Holy, yeah. Are we just too close to the situation? I think that's honestly what it is. I think that we think that these things are obvious, but like we are too close oh, to the situation. No. And I, I like, I didn't realize it till I started watching with Scott, who oh, God. needs. And I mean, I don't know that he's the best test subject for this either. I mean, yes, like if you're talking about a children's show, he is probably the closest thing we're going to get to like a small child, <laughs> a giant small child. <laughs> A giant small <laughs> child, but like, yeah, like, I don't know, man. I think that it might, this might, they might have a point. And I didn't think I'd ever get to this point in oh, my God. life where I said the producers of the Animorphs TV show might have a point, but like, they might have a point. Oh, no. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about all, did they have like test audiences? Did they have like, like feedback groups? And, the, and then all the, everyone was like, oh my God, this is too confusing. Like, dumb it down for us. Oh my god, are we the neckbeards? <laughs> like, <laughs> we might be. Oh god. We're, I, this is, this is the moment. It's happened. Like, we've just well actually the entire series. Like, we've just, we've made this promise to well actually and we never did it but it turns out we did actually well actually the entire series and here's the moment oh. where we go off the edge of the precipice oh no and we've we've well actually everything oh my god all of our criticisms are null and void now all, 
everything we've ever said is just bullshit. Everything that you've listened to that we've said, we take it all back. Oh, shit. Our opinions mean nothing, man. Oh, no. 2020 has taken everything from me. It it has. 2020 has robbed us of all joy. Everything. Everything. I'm so demoralized. This is the last thing I had, and now it's gone. (laughs) What a revelation. Oh, my God. This is not the kind of epiphany (laughs) I was hoping to have. Yeah. I can't believe that. Scott ruined everything for us. Well, that's actually kind of... I, I did kind of expect that. <laughs> From the moment I saw him ruin that hotel room, I knew. Oh, my God. That was a nightmare. Oh, God. Have we... Not to derail again, since we derailed for 45 goddamn minutes, but have we ever told that story on the podcast before? No. Just in your wedding vows multiple times. Oh, that's true. They were they were in the wedding vows. Would you like to tell that story just so people are caught up? Okay, so first time I met Scott, Alex's husband, um, and we were going to another friend of ours' wedding, and we were going to share a hotel room, and we got to the hotel room, and the first thing he did was go turn on the TV. He turned on the coffee maker. He opened all the drawers. He jumped on the bed and ruined it. He took off his clothes and he just stood in front of the TV. And I I was just like, okay. So this is happening. And we were just standing there in disbelief. Like, what the fuck is this person? I think my favorite part about that was he did never put any water in the coffee maker. He <laughs> just turned, turned it on. on. <laughs> and then a little bit later, I think you and I were sitting on the bed and I was talking to Matt and he came over and like hitched his underwear up and was like <laughs> putting his leg up on the bed and like stretching. Yes. Like, Is that when he started rolling out his leg with a water bottle? Rubbing when he his was belly. <laughs> like, there's some people that you meet for the first time and you go to, like, shake their hand and they hug you and it's like, oh, okay. This was like that, but like 20 times. <laughs> like, he just got super comfortable, like, very immediately. <laughs> oh my god he did and like it was to the point where like i was extremely uncomfortable as well i'm like can you please put some clothes on (laughs) what are you doing oh my god and this just repeats throughout my life now (laughs) this is it oh shit i don't know what i've done oh my god so there you go that's what he just did to all of you guys with animorphs yep Oh, fuck. (laughs) Mr. Edelman is not the only one with problems. No. No, he's not. Oh, God. (laughs) The wind's taken out of my sails now. I'm I'm just so sorry. Oh, God. I wish the ring had never come to me. <laughs> oh, 
god. <laughs> All right. I might just have to power through this summary. Yeah, let's let's just do it. Okay. So Edelman's having a fucking tough time. He starts launching himself at the other people in the diner, seeing if they have any oatmeal. And there's two cops that were sitting at the end of the counter, and they get up and start walking over to him. And he starts screaming, please, I need more oatmeal. And one of the officers asks him to calm down. He starts thrashing and hitting the side of his head. And he's he falls to his knees in front of the table with our kids. And he starts begging them to help him. And they're just watching him completely horrified. The officers finally grab him and take him away. And Rachel turns back to the boys in slow motion. Narration plays over about how she likes to forget about the Yerks every once in a while, pretend they don't exist. But then she sees shit like that and realizes that she can't ever escape because they're fucking everywhere. Um, There's some shots of the officers dragging the guy away. The fan again. And Rachel looking very devastated. Why were there so many shots of that fucking fan? I don't know. And, like, they were all from, like, the weirdest angles, too. In various degrees of slow motion. Yeah. The fan wasn't moving. Was, like, usually when... I feel like usually when things cut to, like, an inanimate object, it's supposed to be, like, a metaphor or, like, some other kind of impactful thing. I'm thinking of, like, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire when the old man, like puts the kettle on the thing and then goes to the riddle house Mm. to check and then they kill him and then like the kettle starts like boiling over and it's supposed Mm -hmm. to like add to the intensity of the fact that he was just murdered but the fan does not do any of these things (laughs) god yep just like as a fan this episode does nothing for me i'm not a fan (laughs) of any of this (laughs) (laughs) oh so, speaking of what the fuck, um, where the fuck did the intro go? What is this, like, bullshit we got instead? You know, just a new intro now that they have some scenes under their belt. They're like, we'll chop and screw a new intro together. But is this permanent? Uh, I believe it is, but Damn I it. don't quite remember. I know. You know what else sucks? There's no fucking act in the new intro, which is why I thought they did a new intro so they could be like, oh yeah, we have this alien guy in our team now. No, there's no acts. No. Nope, they still fucked around. I mean, since they like to recap the, the plot of the series so much in yeah. the TV show, like I can see how it could be kind of useful, but I don't like it nearly as much as the other intro. Yeah, me either. The other intro is where it's at. I mean, the theme... I hope I'm wrong. Like, I hope I'm misremembering. Hmm. I mean, the intros... Or the theme song is still there. It's just instrumentals. But yeah, it doesn't... I don't know. Well, for those who are not watching the episode, it's basically like Jake narrating, My name is Jake. I used to be a normal kid. Now I'm aliens, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like a bunch of shots of the show, like playing in the background. So not nearly as cool. Sad. Not nearly as cool at all. Mad. Mad. Kind of lame. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, so after that sadness, we go to Cassie's barn. Uh, Jake is sitting on some hay. They're discussing the guy. And Jake's like, maybe the guy was just crazy. Marco's like, he wasn't crazy. He had a yerk in his head. Cassie says, just because he stuck his finger in his ear? Marco says, no, because he was freaking out. And Cassie points out that most controllers don't do that. Um, she, she's right about that. It's true, but, like, I don't remember from the books, but I feel like in the past couple episodes, there's been a lot of people bringing, like, a concern to the team and everyone just calling them, like, crazy or, like, 
that's not right. Like, it couldn't be this thing. There's a lot of, like, doubt and gaslighting in these early yeah. episodes. And I don't remember if it was like that in the book. I mean, I don't I don't think it was because I think it was more like Marco would say that, but, like, mm-hmm. there was always an ebb and flow. Like, especially in the first books, I like, when I was writing the summaries, I remember that, like, it would be really hard to do these because it it's hard to kind of summarize the conversation in between the action without mm-hmm. it taking a really long time. Yeah. Um, so if I'm pretty sure I'm remembering correctly, cause I wrote fucking a dissertation that all told is probably 500 pages, but um, <laughs> it, it was really a back and forth with like, you know, Marco would be the one that would say like, well, that's not how controllers act and somebody else being like, well, it could be this or because of this and blah, blah. And it was very much a like round table of everybody discussing all of the possibilities for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. There is, I think there, there's a few instances in those discussions where they're not, I mean, they're kind of gaslighting, but not really like, are you sure you saw that? Are you sure you saw this? But it was like yeah. more because they didn't want to believe that that's what was happening. Yeah. Than actually trying to like neg them into yeah. not doing something. That's true. And they're all very new to all of the shit that's happening. So they're not quite right. like immediately just assuming that everyone is, you know, legit. Because it's right. like, that sounds weird. And I've never encountered that before. My brain's going to go into denial now. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that really was, like, in the books, when people were in denial, it wasn't from a place of, I don't want to believe you. It was, like, more like with the example, like, we see with Jake, where he's like, I don't want that to be happening to my brother, so I'm arguing with you because I don't want it to be true, even if I think it might be. Yep. But there's none of that nuance in the TV show. (laughs) God. (laughs) Anyway, Rachel shows up. She has Tobias on her arm. You can see the the lead dragging next yeah, to he's her. He's freaking the fuck out. <laughs> is he? He is. And that's Scott pointed it out. And I was like, he's fine. Like, because that's happened to me before, too. But, like, when you walk through a doorway, it's a smaller space. So if you have a oh. bird on your arm, a lot of the time they'll freak. Because it's, like, it gets really small and then opens into, like, a room. And they, they're not super fond of that a lot of the time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the hawk was definitely, like, flapping and, like, trying to, like, pull his jesses up so he got more leg room. Uh, and she was definitely trying to keep the jesses down so he didn't pull his legs up and bait off the glove. Oh, God. And, um, it was a whole thing. And, like, it, it was just a split second on the screen. But Scott was like, oh, that bird's freaking out. And I'm like, it's fine. Shut up. Like, <laughs> Well, I thought it was interesting because I could see the, the leash or whatever you call it, mm-hmm. um, just, like, dragging down while she was walking in. But they didn't... Mm. I don't remember seeing it on some of the other scenes where she and Jake are walking with Tobias. Yeah, it's... I think uh, in that one, she definitely had the the uh, thing on the leash, mm-hmm. on the dresses. I, I mean, a lot of the times when you're just, like, walking, if the bird's already... And again, as we know from reading five pages of the companion there were three different hawks so it could have just oh. been the hawk that didn't like this particular thing yeah but a lot of time you can just hold the jesses and that's enough yeah but if they're freaking out and pulling sometimes with uh. a heavy glove it's hard to hold on to the leather uh. so it probably just depended on how the bird was acting that day yeah maybe it was just having a bad day and they were like here we're just gonna have this just in case yeah exactly like just in case <laughs> okay cool so she puts Tobias down and she says she has good news. She knows who the guy from the diner is. Um, and then she proceeds to explain his name's Edelman. 
Her mom's doing a case on him. That's how she found out. The family wants to lock him up. They think he's crazy. And he told his family he has an alien called a yerk living in his head. And he's currently at the psychiatric hospital. Man, my words today. Words don't matter. Speaking secondary for a podcast. Um, So yeah, Rachel spills the beans about Edelman. Uh, Jake is like, okay, we can check it out, but just a couple of us. Marco and Rachel volunteer at almost the same time. Marco gets in first and he's like, I just wanted to say it before Rachel did. It's like, sorry, can I complain about that for just one second? Yeah. Like to me, I loved that line. I laughed out loud. I was like, oh, love this so much. Then I realized we're only on episode six of the TV show. And to anybody who wasn't already a fan, this was just fucking gibberish. Oh, that's sad. It made me super sad. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'll, I won't no. interrupt it. No, anymore. please do. There's <laughs> lots of Marco Rachel uh, teamwork in this episode. Oh, they, great. yes. Yeah, they were. Jeff must have loved this. <laughs> that's not true. I won't, I won't put that juju on him. This is a bad episode. We always call it Jeff. That's another thing on the bingo that you can cross out. Yeah, that's on. right. There you go. Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tobias also volunteers for this mission. Rachel says, well, it's settled. Let's do it. And Marco says, I hate it when she says that. It means disaster's not far away. My heart. She says, let's do it so much, and I love it. Was this the scene, though, where Axe was doing some of his greatest work? (gasps) No, that's later. That's later. I know exactly what you're talking about. Fuck. Okay. 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 (laughs) So, Tobias is flying through the trees. And it immediately cuts to a psychiatric patient flying through the hallways. And I actually really liked that transition. I loved this transition. This was like when I still had hope. Yes. (laughs) I was like, oh, this episode might be good. Mm -hmm. Um, the The patient passes a door in the hallway. And from the door, we hear Marco and Rachel talking. Marco says they're never going to get away with it. Rachel says we got in, didn't we? Doesn't explain how, but whatever. Um, Marco opens the door and says, it's getting out that worries me. And they are both dressed in nurse's scrubs. Uh, Rachel tells Marco to pull up his mask so that they can't see their faces. That's right, kids. Animorph says, wear a fucking mask. That's right. God. Um, (laughs) Rachel pulls up her mask and says, okay, let's do it. And Marco says, we're doomed. (laughs) So they walk down the hallway. Rachel says, remember, we're doctors. And she fixes Marco's mask for him, which is really cute. Uh, The flying man jets in front of them. Marco starts reciting the leg bones connected to the thigh bone. And another (laughs) patient runs up to them. He looks like Crispin Glover. And he makes some strange noises and does the whole like, nah, 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 nah. And Marco's like, at least we know we're in the right place. Um, They walk down the hallway in slow motion and they come across a door that has a file on it that says Edelman. Rachel says this is it. And they go inside. Edelman is sitting by the window looking very forlorn. Says hello to them. Rachel says hello back. He turns around and says, wait, you're not my doctors. Rachel <laughs> says they're visiting from another hospital. And Mar- er, Marco Edelman says they look too short to be doctors. They look like kids. Marco decides to be a smartass and is like, interesting. He thinks we're kids. And he pulls out a pen and says, please proceed. <laughs> fucking great acting Boris love it uh, snarky um, love him so much Rachel's all about business and she's like can you please describe the yerk in your, or the alien in your head and Edelman's like the yerk and Marco's like what is, what is that sir 
Edelman says, they'll just laugh at him. And Rachel says, we won't. And we won't call you crazy. Edelman goes on to tell us stuff we already know. The Yorks burrow into your ear and take control of your brain. Um, Marco asks, how can you tell us that if it's in control of you? Uh, Edelman says, it's not in control anymore. One day he was eating breakfast and he was suddenly in control again. And he thinks it might have been the oatmeal. Marco's like, oatmeal? And Edelman's like, yeah, I know how it sounds, but instant maple is the only thing that works. The Yerks are addicted to it. And Marco's like, well, isn't that a good thing? They can't control you anymore. And then Edelman starts having a fucking fit. He starts thrashing and seizing and grabbing his head, and Marco and Rachel just kind of watch him. Um, He calms down after a bit, and Rachel's like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, it happens every once in a while. It's a reminder that the Yerk is still inside his brain. Um, Tobias is outside. He thought speaks to them that they need to hurry up. Someone's coming. Uh, Marco is trying to get them out, but Rachel keeps asking him questions. She asks him if Edelman can get rid of the Yerk, and he proceeds to tell us more shit we already know, like the Kendrona rays to survive, and they get it from the Yerk pool, which is under the town. Uh, doesn't matter because the Omail keeps them alive forever. Rachel asks once again if there's a way to get rid of the Yerk because somebody fucking wrote this. And Edelman says only the controllers can remove it. They just put another one in. What? <sighs> no, okay. I, I, I rewinded this multiple times. She asked him how to get rid of the yerk. He does that whole thing with the controller rays in the pool. And then she mm-hmm. asked him again, is there a way to get rid of the yerk? Like, and they say they just put another one in? Yeah. So I missed this because this was when Scott was asking me who Rachel's cousin was and I was explaining the whole relationship with Jake. So sorry. I no. I missed the dialogue. But like what the fuck does that even mean? Like he well, what the other one squeezes out the other ear? Well, I mean, they're about to demonstrate it, but I was more pissed that they wrote that Rachel asked the same question twice and got different yeah, that's answers. Also that's so stupid. <sighs> yeah. Um, so Marco finally drags Rachel away. They go through a nearby door. I guess there's like two doors in this room, um, because two controllers walk into a different door. Oh, I uh, thought you were going to say because two doors are better than one. Uh, I was really distressed when you talked about the controllers. I'm sorry. <laughs> two doors. I feel like I lead you astray a lot in what I say. Um, I don't, I don't know about a lot, but every once in a while, it's, it's like, you'll just start a line that's like a pop culture reference. And I, I just like immediately in my head, I make the connection and then it's like, no, stop. That's stupid. Pulled a fast one on you. Yes. Uh, Marco says, remember earlier when I said we were doomed, Rachel cracks open the door and sees the guys surrounding Edelman. One of them has a thermos with him and he unscrews it and Edelman looks terrified uh, the guy hands the thermos to the other guy who takes out a pair of giant tweezers. Edelman starts pleading and Rachel's watching. And then the guys put up some sort of like privacy screen so we can't see what's yeah. going on. And Edelman starts screaming. Um, I don't know why. It's like soup from the Olive Garden. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Clam chowder into your eyeball, bitch. I brought you secret soup. Ooh. Eat the soup. I'm sorry. Force that soup on his throat. I'm so sorry. What I want to know is why they put up a privacy screen if they were under the impression that they were the only ones in the room. 
Yeah, like it seems like a precaution that they generally wouldn't take. Like I understand like, oh, put up the privacy screen because we're alien invaders and we're trying to do a secret. But then like do that from the start. I don't know. They they just make decisions and sometimes they just don't make any sense. You know why though? You know why they did it? Why? Censorship for the children. <gasps> the children can't see ears. The naked ears of a grown man? Think we, of the children! We don't want to see a guy stick tweezers into another dude's head. I mean, it's really, it's probably because they had no fucking clue how to make a yerk. <laughs> and they were like, I don't know what privacy screen it is. Yeah, we don't, this is easier than trying to figure that shit out. <laughs> exactly. Could we get a giant slug on set? No? Privacy screen it is. Can we can we get a fake fly in here? Sorry, all we have is a spider. Yeah, better than nothing. Good enough. God. <laughs> we'll just make the shot real long. People real will think long. it's a long fly. Fuck. I'm so <laughs> distraught. Um, I okay, no, sorry. This is my new favorite character. It's the really distraught set dresser that keeps asking for things and people keep bringing him the absolute <laughs> wrong things. <laughs> He's just trying to make this show, and everybody just keeps fucking up, and I love him. <laughs> Throw me my keys. I said my keys. I thought you said printer. Why the fuck would I say printer? This is a fax machine. It's not even a printer. What the fuck? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, uh, I love our new favorite character on this show. <laughs> oh, the poor set designer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, they drove him to drink. He would be with us right now drinking White Claws like those motherfuckers. <laughs> they did me so dirty. They did me so dirty. I asked for a slug and they brought me a privacy screen. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Um, yeah, so they put up the fucking privacy screen and start torturing Edelman, presumably. Mark is like, oh, no, sorry. Rachel closes the door at that moment. Because I feel like Rachel would have fucking rushed in and, like, beat the guys. But instead, she just closes the door and she's like, they're replacing yeah. the Yerk. Because she knows that, apparently. Apparently. Um, Marco's like, things are about to get real ugly. Let's get out of here. So they leave. Um, back with Tobias. Tobias is flying and he lands on top of a sign outside of Tom's Burgers. <laughs> I don't know why Tom has a burger joint, but whatever. Um... Creepy white van pulls up. A bunch of dudes get out. Tobias screams for no reason. Um, it's a closer shot of the guys, and it's Edelman, and presumably the two controllers. Edelman is now wearing a suit, and they're wearing maintenance outfits. Um, the next thing in my notes is, God, I hate this fucking scene coming up. <laughs> <laughs> so, that can only end in disaster. This is gonna go great. Oh, yeah, this scene. Um... It's a fucking disaster because it's got a fucking horpager in it. Um, so oh, fuck this scene. It's so bad. Okay. Fuck this we, scene. Fuck horpager. Um, fuck, fuck the Andalite costume too, actually, even though oh. we saw almost none of it. Yeah. Well, it's the first thing we see in this scene. It is, Bizzard, but it's only fucking A. Sorry. Visitor 3 is fucking head. Um, he's like, is the test ready? And the the scientist guy from the other episode is there. I think that's the same guy. I'm not sure. Um, I he, think it. I think so. Yeah, it looked like him. Whatever. Who cares? Um, he's like, yeah, the test is ready. We've arrived. Re- <laughs> We've arrived. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> Rum. Um, he says, we've removed the yerk from this hawk badir. He says it really dumb. I hated he it. Does. Hawk badir. Hawk badir. He gestures to the hawk badir. It's fucking shit. Like, just don't it look at it. It's fucking shit. Fucking sucks. This is... Okay, so here's the point where I lost my fucking mind. Because <laughs> Scott goes, what's that? And I said, it's a hork And he goes, is it supposed to look like that? Like, is that what it looks like in the books? And I, like, started to describe it. To, I was like, no, first of all. And then I started to describe it. And then I was like, I, like, there's... How how do I transfer this image to you from my brain? And I just I just told him at that point. I'm like, just just watch. I can't I can't do this right now. Can can okay, but like everyone pictures a hork badger differently. Like there's illustrations of them from David Manningly, but like mm-hmm. can we really say for certain that that doesn't look like a hork badger? Because maybe that does look like a hork badger to someone. Obviously, it looked like a hork badger to someone because they fucking made it. In, I mean, in their image, like God. <laughs> <laughs> Don't play God with the animorphs. It doesn't end well. This man took from his rib and created the horse <laughs> fisher. <laughs> I mean, I can say that whoever created this horse fisher, that is the original sin. So he's not wrong. <laughs> photoshop of the the god and adam painting where they like touch fingers but oh, adam god. is a hork <laughs> yes i will i will paint this for you oh, as my... dramatically as i possibly oh, my can fucking god oh my god that broke me that broke me in half. <laughs> <laughs> oh god where the fuck am i oh. i don't know anymore Well, lucky for us, we don't have to look at this hork for much longer. Because it's just standing there looking like a dumbass. It's He says he took the yerk out of its head, but it's just fucking standing there. It's not making any effort to escape or fight or emote at all. It's just fucking standing there. It looks like shit. Mm-hmm. Um, Visitor 3 tells it to walk through, and the doctor allegedly leads it over to this like metal detector archway thing. We don't actually see this happen because the camera can't be bothered to, they couldn't be bothered to animate this hork coming over. So they just like put the shot on the doctor. And then we have like sound effects of the hork stepping forward. God. Yep. Fucking bullshit. Anyway, hork goes into the metal detector and let's see what happens. What the fuck happens? Um, it disintegrates. Well, first, first a beam of light scans it, and there's a holographic screen over by Visitor 3 that says, Scan complete, no yerk detected. And then it's completely disintegrated by some lasers, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. Visitor 3 is like, what would it do to one of ours? And the scientist is like, it only works on things that don't have yorks in their heads. Visitor 3 is like, are you sure? And the scientist is like, yeah, in theory... And Visitor 3 is like, everything works in theory. He's not wrong. I mean, At this point, he was very correct about. It's true. And I think he's right to question this scientist man. Yeah, I, this was one of the few correct things that Visitor 3 did. That's true. 
Um, then the doorway in the room, like the double doors behind the archway, open. They're pulled open super dramatically. And Edelman steps forward like fucking James Bond in his horrible suit. And he's obviously like under control again. Visitor 3 is like, hey, you step forward. And Edelman walks through the archway and there's no problem. Visitor 3 is like, sweet, put these at every entrance to the Yerk pool. I want the Andalite Bandalites. And Edelman's like, yes, sir. And it's like, were you not expecting him? Did he just like fucking show up and you were like, oh, hey, I need you for this thing. Yep. God. Yep. I don't know. I just don't know. Uh, okay. <laughs> we are back in the barn. Yes. Are you ready for magic? I'm ready for magic. Okay. Bring so it to me. Kids are in the barn. Axe, Marco, and Rachel are sitting in the hayloft. And Rachel's telling everybody what happened to Edelman. Marco is sitting there in kind of the thinker pose with, like, his chin on his hand. Axe is looking at him and trying to mimic him. And it's the cutest fucking thing I've ever seen in my whole damn life. Yes. Oh my god. He's a precious baby boy. <laughs> fucking Paulo's killing it. I bet, and I totally bet, like, he just improv that. That's, okay, in my mind, everything he does that's great, I'm like, oh, he's improving this mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> Oh my god. Like, everything he did, I'm just like, yeah. He's, like, thinking about it. It's like, okay, I'm an alien. What am I doing? I'm looking at these mm-hmm. humans. I'm spending time with these humans. I gotta, I gotta blend in. What do I do? Thinker pose. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> <sighs> I loved it so much. I did, too. He's great. And he's got more amazing moments coming up. He does. And I'll, I'll throw in here that, like... The camera work in this episode, especially in this scene, was fantastic. They felt like it was unnoticeable because it was so good. But they did that, like, they made it a three-dimensional space. They followed the rule of, like, cutting to people's faces for reaction shots. And when they were talking, they'd allow them to talk and then cut over. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. they just, they, great. 10 out of 10. And from what I remember, they, like... They, they start on the kids in the hayloft, and then they truck down to, like, Cassie, yes. who's, like, doing work on the bottom of the, the barn. She was walking with a saddle. A super old saddle. Not a good one at all. But oh. she was walking with a saddle. Like, and they, they followed her down and passed. It was yeah. great. Yeah. You can... Guys, you can truck the camera. You don't have to do pans. You can move it <laughs> in 3D space. Whoa. It, that was new. They just got it. They just figured that out. <laughs> pan and zoom we can truck too oh my god holy shit that's what i found out about my in my movie making class this week jesus the possibilities (laughs) achievement unlocked that's right they leveled up um so yeah cassie's actually doing some fucking work and she's like don't feel bad you guys there's nothing you could have done or they would have caught you um, Jake's like reading a book or something. He closes it and he says, at least we know that oatmeal is like kryptonite for yurks. Um, and Marco's like, we have to figure out how to get that oatmeal into some human controllers. Cassie's like, I don't feel good about that. Marco's like, why not? We have a secret weapon. Tobias chimes in. They have a weapon that messes people up. Marco's like, people, they're yurks. They're the enemy. They attacked us, not the other way around. And Jake pulls a really great exasperated dad face. 
as Marco is doing this. Um, Bingo! Bingo! Jake dad. (laughs) Jake dad. (laughs) Uh, Rachel says, once the Andalites come, they're going to destroy every single Yurk on Earth. Axe points out that this doesn't destroy the Yurks. And Jake's like, would I do this to my brother, Tom? You know, just in case we forgot Jake's brother, Tom. Right. Of course. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Um, Jake's like, Tom would be free, but he'd have a yerk in his head forever. I couldn't do that to my brother, Tom. (laughs) And, um... I wonder if Tom's his brother. (laughs) What was his brother's name again? Tom? Uh, It might have been Tom. Maybe Tim. Maybe Matt Doyle. Matt Matt Doyle? Is that Matt Doyle? Matt Doyle? (laughs) Bingo. McElroy (laughs) reference. (laughs) Dear God. (laughs) Woo. A drink for every episode we record. <laughs> I don't know if this is better or worse, but it's something. I'm having a great fucking time. I'm having a great time too. <laughs> That's all that matters at this point. Woo! <laughs> uh, Tobias is like, isn't some freedom better than none? And Jake's nah. Jake starts yeah no, um, Jake starts monologuing about the Civil War, and <laughs> they didn't fight to end slavery by killing the slaves. They went after the slave owners, which. I don't know. Like, that wasn't strictly correct, though. Uh, yeah. And not to mention, like, didn't they, like, make some of the slaves, like, fight in yeah. the Civil War? Yeah. Uh... Which, you know, Jake would have known had he gotten to his book where he found his relative's diary about the <laughs> Civil War. But, hey. Ugh. Yeah. Well, the... I, he was giving this little speech, and I was like, Okay. Here's the real shit. Um, I don't know, obviously, past a certain point, what Canadian education was like. (laughs) Okay. But (laughs) this absolutely tracked with what I was taught up until the point I moved away from Canada. There is... It's a lot different what Hmm. we learn about because it was a very different experience in Canada, obviously, than the United States during the Civil War. So... Like, it's a, it's a perspective shift. So, like, younger me would have been like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, me now, knowing what I know, which is not enough. My mm-hmm. education was nowhere near enough. I'm a fucking idiot. But <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's not right. <laughs> so Jake's talking about Civil War slavery. We're not, we're not killing slaves. We're going after slave owners. Uh, we have to go after the Yerks, not the humans being controlled. And then he says, we have to go back to the Yerk pool. Marco makes a great joke. He's like, I can't. I have to wait at least 30 minutes because I just ate. <laughs> and Axe says, ate. And everyone laughs. Yes. <sighs> Cut to a fucking birthday cake, baby. Oh, my God. Yes. I, this whole scene. Yes. I fucking watched this fucking set of shots like a hundred fucking times. I kept rewinding it and trying to figure this shit out. Okay, so we see a fucking birthday cake. There's six candles on it. You think, okay, a six-year-old is having a birthday in whatever location we are currently in. And people are cheering and clapping because the candles just got blown out or whatever. We don't see anyone because we look at this cake and then the camera goes up and onto an extremely tight shot of Jake who's walking in through the door. And it just like, it's so tight on Jake and just kind of follows him. And then it cuts away to a wider shot. Jake walks in front of where this birthday party would be there. It's so obvious that they could not 
have any extras for this scene. Like, it's so obvious that they just filmed this cake and then added some fucking Foley in there of, like, people cheering. Yep. Like, I know I complain about how, like, obviously they have no budget and there's, like, really, like, cheap and easy ways to, like, cut it so that you don't have to allude to the fact that you can't, like, afford something. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's also really obvious when you do. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, sorry, that just bothered me a lot. I Like, there was just no reason to have them there either. Yeah. Like, you could have had, like, one or two people just sitting in the corner at a different booth, and it would have had the exact same effect. Yeah, it's like, why was there even a cake at all? Why didn't we just, like, have Jake walk in through the door? Like, why did we need this bullshit? Are you tr- I feel like it was almost like somebody on set had a birthday, and they're like, opportunity! Because, like, Ugh. if you walk into somewhere and some kid is having a birthday party, it's very fucking obvious. There's balloons, there's fucking brats running around everywhere, and there's, like, a mm-hmm. hundred people, and they're taking up all sorts of room. And it's like, you're just not selling me on this. Yeah, no, not at all. <sighs> it's fine. Okay, anyway, Jake walks into this restaurant. Um, Rachel is sitting at the counter. Um, Jake walks up to a booth. Marco and Cassie are there. Jake's like, where's Axe? And Cassie says, he's at home. He didn't know how long it would take us to get past these people. Jake says, are we sure this is the entrance? Cassie says, yeah, Tobias saw Edelman come in here and he didn't come out. Then there's this weird fucking, like, ping pong match between Marco and Jake. I loved this. I, I thought this was, like, yeah, somebody fucking showed up to work today. <laughs> Someone showed up, had a great idea, and yes. fucking brought it. Yeah, I also loved this. Oh, my God. Oh, thank God. I'm so excited. Okay. Okay, so we start with the camera on Marco, who's holding a fry, and he's like, I can't believe oatmeal is our secret weapon. Jake snatches the fry out of his hand. The camera fast pans over to Jake and says, like, I know, right? No battle involving oatmeal is ever going to be considered historic. Take Gettysburg. There was no major oatmeal involvement. Marco snatches the fry back from him. Cameron fast pans over to him. And it just goes back and forth between these two as they're talking about, like, oatmeal involving in major wars. It's so fucking good. It's so fun. Ah, it's like the competitive friendship between them. Ah, it's just... It was. Finally. It was so good. And then, I'm sorry, I'm going to steal your thunder on the ending here. When Jake finally lands his point, he, like, takes a bite out of the French fry. And that's, like, it was just such an effective way to be, like, they're debating back and forth. And then Jake ends the conversation. Like, I fucking loved this. This was so smart. This was such a fun choice. Oh, my God. It's so simple. Yeah. So simple. I loved it. Yes. Good job, whoever came up with that. That was great. Yes. I loved it. I loved it so much. Ugh. So, that was wonderful. Um, Rachel runs over and she says, I've got it. You've got to walk up to the counter and you say you like a cheeseburger, hold the cheese. You walk into the back room, the side door opens, and you're in. Marco's like, I can't believe we're going back to the pool willingly. Cassie says, well, we're not hanging out at Planet Hollywood. And Marco says, yeah, don't remind me. Um, Rachel, for the third time, says, let's do it. And Marco says, you never learn, do you? The banter is so good. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, so at this point, um, when Rachel came back and said the the passcode is a cheeseburger, hold the cheese. Yeah. I said to Scott in the book series, it was, 
you go and you order a Happy Meal with Extra Happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Scott turns to me, and the question he had for me, he turns to me, he goes, and who decided that it would be McDonald's? And I said, what? <laughs> because as you may have guessed, this question is nonsense. It means nothing to me. <laughs> of all the questions you could have asked. Exactly. That this is constantly in my life. I'm like, of all the questions you could have asked, and you chose that one. And he goes, you know, like, who decided it would be McDonald's? I was like, what What? What do you mean? He goes, like, you know, who decided to put a yerk pool in McDonald's? I was like, um, the the yerks? <laughs> like, uh, like I lost the ability to even know. I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm like, they were all over town. So the yerks, I guess. Like, it was just, I was baffled by his question. And then when he got the question he wanted to ask out, I was just as baffled by it. Christ. I, like, I don't know how to answer that. It's like, why did they decide to build a Wendy's on this corner? corporate city like, planner i don't know i don't fucking know they didn't consult me Ugh. so well yeah that was a that was a thing scott yeah okay i, <laughs> I don't know how to yes and that i don't know how to play in the space with that there was no way to play in the space with that i immediately <laughs> gave up i was like all right take, <laughs> you got me there i guess taking my pikachu home um. <laughs> okay are we ready to meet chip though i'm ready to meet chip Fuck. please take me to chip oh my god i can't my man oh no um so the kids get up from their booth they walk over the counter this is the scariest part of the episode for me um <laughs> fair they are greeted by an overly enthusiastic horrifying smiling man named chip who welcomes them warmly to tom's burgers i i can't even describe how horrifying this man is um i would say you should just go watch the episode for yourselves um but if they were going for unsettling they got it they got it like inappropriately extreme close-up of this man's face all of his teeth he's ready to help you with whatever needs you have and i hate it (laughs) He, like, he almost does the mouth of Sauron smile. Yes! Oh, my fucking like, God! Yes! <sighs> Nightmare of a man. Horrifying man. Um. Also, what the fuck is on top of his hat? Is that a burger? I thought it was just, like, a pom-pom. I don't know. It looked like... I don't know. It was something. I don't... It, it's up to you. It's all in your hands. <laughs> Choose your own hat adventure. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Rachel says they like four cheeseburgers. Hold the cheese. Chip's smile fades and he says, hold the cheese. And Rachel says, hold the cheese, bitch. Oh my God. Brooks delivery. Yeah. Have you ever heard a more badass way where they said, hold the cheese? I, I haven't, honestly. You never will. Brooke nailed that line Fuck. and I love her for it. Peaked. She peaked at that line. I mean, I'm not going to say that. This was a horrible episode. But <laughs> <laughs> she peaked for this episode at that line. Yeah. Um, so they give the code. Chip jerks his head towards the back and they head over there. He watches them closely and then he turns back to the next customer and resumes his horrifying demeanor. <laughs> God. Uh, the kids are in the back room. They look around. Rachel finds a door in the back, opens it. They look down the stairs for a second. And then the camera cuts wider. We can see the metal archway 
detector just inside the door. Rachel steps and trips it, and the laser beam grid shows up, and the alarm starts going off. Dun, dun, dun. And there's a commercial break. And there's an alarm clock sound. Yeah. Yeah, there is. <laughs> that really irritating, annoying, buzzing alarm clock sound. Mm-hmm. Because they couldn't be bothered to come up with anything better and less recognizable. Nope. So, yeah, the alarm's going off. Chip abandons his post and runs to the back room. Uh, he looks around, does not find anyone. Then we get a camera shot from the floor. Rachel's like, that was close. And Marco agrees. Yeah, that was way too close. And we see some cockroaches running across the ground. Chip smiles at the cockroaches and then leaves (laughs) the room. Chip is a true agent of chaos. Oh my god. Chip is an upsetting, horrifying man. Like, Chip's the type of person that if I met him in real life and he said anything at all to me or even just smiled the way that he smiles, I'd be like, oh, that dude's a controller. Yeah. Like, he's fucking infested. Yeah. Get away from him. Oh, my God. You thought Slenderman was scary? You thought the Babadook was scary? No, No. you haven't met Mr. Chip. No. Yeah. There's... I almost made a horrifying Slenderman joke, but I'm going to oh, stop no. myself. Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> so the next Shit. thing we see is Axe, and he's in his Andalite form. And honestly, I was not expecting this. I now do not expect to see his Andalite form ever again. Mm-hmm. Now that he has his human morph, I assume that they're just going to be like, alright, fuck the Sandalite suit, and just have Paolo You're on right. the set all the goddamn time. But, whatever. And Paolo's so delightful that I'm not yeah, actually kind of mad I at that choice. I would take a hundred thousand Paolo's over that Andalite suit. Over one axe suit? That's where you draw the line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. So he's like, how did you guys escape? And Cassie says, we slipped under the door before the light hit us. Axe says, you were lucky. That was a biofilter. It is stolen Andalite technology. Visor 3 must have adjusted it to detect anything that didn't have a yerk in its head. Marco says, yep, that'd be us. And Cassie's like, what do you mean by detect? Axe says, there's a three second delay, but basically it would have disintegrated you. Uh, again, Marco says something. I did not catch it. Um, he just, like, repeated whatever Axe said. So, like, Axe said, like, you disintegrate every molecule. Yeah. And Marco just went, disintegrate every molecule. Yeah. Yeah, some shit like that. Yeah, no, I don't no. know. Um, Tobias is like, well, what do we do now? They must have installed these at every entrance. Jake says they're cut off from the pool. Rachel says, we're not giving up. Good job, Brooke. Um, Cassie gets a smile on her face, and she's like, there's another way in. Jake says, how? Cassie walks up to a cage that's conveniently sitting in front of Marco and contains a ferret, and she says, through the ground. Ferret's an interesting choice. I know they dig, but, like... Yeah, it's not exactly a mole. Yeah. Um, so then we're in a field, and there's, like, a weird shed slash bunker in there, and I thought they were gonna, like, go and, like, sit in it and do their homework and, like, dig... Like they did in the yeah, book. like they did in the book. Um, but it's just kind of there for some reason. Um, Marco's like, we're going to need a jackhammer. And Cassie jokes, they can morph into ferrets, not jackhammers. And Rachel's like, all right, who wants to start digging first? Marco, if you're too scared, I'll go first. 
Marco's like, hell no, I'm not falling for that. I learned my lesson at the hospital. And Jake's like, I was hoping you were too macho to admit that. Um, Cassie pulls out a bag of oatmeal from her bag and says, hang on, how are we going to get all this oatmeal down there? And I'm just like, wasn't this your idea? <laughs> so why didn't you guys figure this out back at the bar? Um, but You know what's really the criminal case here? What? Is that they robbed us of that glorious moment where the kids were doing their homework and Axe was correcting all of their science. <gasps> yeah. Oh no. And they robbed us of that. He does do something, several things very adorable for the rest of this episode though. So I'm not like well, too torn up about it. But yes, that would have been great. Yeah. I just like, I'm afraid they're going to like, I mean, obviously he's adorable. I endorse everything he does, but like, I don't want <laughs> them to necessarily like play him off as some sort of idiot. Right. Um, so it would be nice if he could, like, show off how fucking smart he is and how dumb the rest of them are compared to him. Because that is, like, a big mm-hmm. aspect of his character. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah. Uh, oatmeal, bag of oatmeal. How are we going to get that down there? Uh, Rachel says, I have an idea. Um, but if I tell you, do I still have to go first? Marco and Jake kind of look at each other and they're like, uh-huh. Axe says, uh-huh. And Cassie says, uh-huh, and kind of winces. It's a very, it's a good sequence. I didn't do it justice, it but is. it's very cute. It is very cute. We get a shot of a hole in the ground. Um, there's a bowl of mixed oatmeal and a bunch of balloons. <laughs> Why did you say that like the B-52s? <laughs> Look at that hole. It's as big as a whale, and it's about to set sail. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But it wasn't a hole. It, it was, was a, a whole plan. <laughs> God. Sorry. <laughs> that 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 shed bunker, that was the love shack. Sure. Oh. Baby. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oof. Harsh. There's a hole. There's some oatmeal. There's some balloons. Uh, there's a shovel. There's a Cassie. She's painting. She paces around and she's like, Rachel's been down there a long time. Marco's like, she's probably fine. Rachel's into it. Cassie says, no, she's claustrophobic. She hates small places. Thank you, Cassie, for <laughs> explaining what claustrophobia is. <laughs> um, at this point as she's pacing around the camera moves across the three boys and they're all playing with balloons like fucking children um, and Axe is sniffing his because he's fucking incredible as a person yes oh my god um, Jake's like how are we going to get them to eat the oatmeal when we get down there and Marco has probably the best joke my favorite joke and he's like we're gonna open a buffet Yerks under 12 eat for free <laughs> I was just like, holy shit, Marco. I, like, what I fucking loved about that was that Sean turned to him and, like, actually laughed at his joke. (laughs) Like, that didn't, it, maybe he's just that good of an actor, but it didn't even seem like acting to me. It seemed like he was like, what the fuck, dude? (laughs) Yes. It's like when, it's like last episode when Axe morphed human for the first time and he was like fucking around and everybody was watching him and smiling and they were obviously like breaking character and just laughing. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah. I adored it. Yes, me too. Uh, Axe says they need to drop the oatmeal in the pool because that's where the Yerks absorb their nutrients. And then he sniffs the balloon again for good measure. 
Uh, Cassie looks down at the hole. It's a, a completely different hole from the one that we saw earlier. Because um, the other one was like obviously like dug with the shovel, and this one was just like a golf hole. But yeah. whatever. A ferret pops up from the hole, and you can see the fake grass move upwards as the ferret comes out. Um, and Rachel's like, oh, yay, finally, space. I mean, uh, we're in. All right. This next scene is kind of confusing. Um, they're obviously down there. They've cut down to the York Pool area. The lighting's really terrible. I couldn't tell what the fuck was going on. Um, they're handing off balloons full of oatmeal to each other in a line for some reason. Oh, <laughs> yes, my favorite visual gag in this whole oh, yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. episode. I mean, this was good. I just don't see why they were doing it in a line. Because they only had like eight balloons, but whatever. Um, I think that's exactly what Boris thought. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, why are we doing this? So they're handing off balloons to each other. And Rachel hands one to Marco. Marco goes to hand it off, but he's the last person in line, so he just kind of awkwardly holds it. <laughs> this is my so favorite. Like, okay, the axe one was adorable, but for hilarious, this is <laughs> my favorite Boris one. Like, he just reaches out into space with these balloons and then looks kind of lost and draws them back in slowly. Like, there's no one here. And then, and then he kind of looks at Rachel and she, like, hands him another one. And I'm like, is he just going to hold all of these balloons? Yes, he is. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fucking great. Oh, this is my favorite. I, like, actually started cracking up at this. <laughs> and Scott was like, what, are you just laughing at Boris? I'm like, that was a great gag. What are you saying? Amazing. <laughs> it's like the master of physical comedy. He, oh, he is. I love this so much. Oh, God. <sighs> so, they have their balloons. Uh, they walk down the hallway. Jake says they should be able to pass for human controllers. Rachel and Cassie say it's best if they don't see their faces. We already know this. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> they walk through that shitty stone archway that I hate. And they're like, where is everybody? Jake tells Tobias to keep watch. And Tobias replies, like a hawk. And I loved that. Which, why the fuck is he even down there? To keep watch, like a hawk. <laughs> I don't know. Casey... They had to take him in his hawk body, drag him through the hole to come out <gasps> underneath right! the earth pool. Oh my god. Why the oh, fuck was he there? Fucking god, you are so correct. Oh my I god. I was screaming at the TV. Screaming. I did not even make that connection. I was so fucking destroyed at that point. Oh no. Yeah. How? What the fuck? How? I... I don't know. Oh, no. You broke my brain. My brain's broke. I'm so sorry. No, it's... I'm sorry. This needs to be pointed out. <laughs> the people need to know. This plot hole. <laughs> the people need to know about this. There's... He had no morphing powers. There's no fucking way he could be down there unless they literally just dragged him as a hawk through the hole. I, oh, no. Yeah, because he couldn't have gotten through the Gleek biofilter. Oh nope. my god. There's no way. No way he got down there. Oh my god. Fuck. I was so mad at this. Oh my god. Well, that just makes me so angry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry. so Tobias is there for some fucking reason. Yep. Plot hole. Um, so I guess we'll suspend disbelief for a moment and just move on with our lives uh 
So they make it down to the ground level level where the pool is. There's maybe like five or six controllers walking around. Um, there's a horrible slapping noise, and it turns out to be a hork and we just see its legs walking in front of the camera. I fucking For hated no it. Because it's walking yeah. on like a metal like bridge. And you would not be making that sound. It's like, it's literally like a piece of meat being slapped against a surface. Like, <laughs> nasty. Come on. <sighs> Whatever. Uh, let's see. Rachel walks along. Tobias is sitting on a beam up top and saying, all is going well. They don't, the controllers don't notice them. I gotta say my favorite thing about this. Like, all of the kids are running with their balloons and like, Cassie has the most like yes. I'm Cindy Crawford moment with her <laughs> <so> balloons. <laughs> she is adorable, but like it was just like, oh my god, come on! You could you be more obvious? She's like she's got him like behind her back, and she's just like tiptoeing like a fucking yeah. Looney Tunes character. Oh my god! <laughs> that was everybody else is like carrying their balloons in like a somewhat hidden and normal concealed way and then it literally was like oh look there's cindy crawford walking back like just the master of nothing oh god it it. was so cute loved it so much um marco and axe i also loved because marco and axe start to duck behind a box (laughs) axe kind of like turns around and like observes his surroundings while holding his balloons awkwardly and marco like grabs him by the front of the shirt and like drags him behind the box and paulo like kind of like jumps in the air oh my god (laughs) (laughs) the two of them like kept this like the only reason i wasn't screaming the entire time was because i wanted to hear what those two were doing oh my god yeah my fucking favorite exchange happens pretty much next um so marco's like i know this is a bad time to ask but you can throw right and x kind of nods and marco says good and he starts getting his shit together x whispers marco marco's like yeah and x is like what is throw (laughs) <laughs> and Marco just kind of turns and looks at him. And if you don't think Axe is the best character, you are fucking mistaken. You are fucking mistaken. I'm, I, like, Rachel's my favorite, will always be my favorite, gets five stars every time. But fucking Axe in this TV show is just the delight that we need to keep this going. Oh my god, he's perfect. He's fucking great. Oh my god. <laughs> the way he was standing there with his balloons like each one tucked under one arm and just kind of looking around in his like baggy t-shirt and his baggy pants i was fucking dying oh i love him so much oh, delightful young man oh my god what is throw what is throw <laughs> can you throw yeah I what is that though <laughs> i mean i can do it but just tell me this real quick. I like his confidence. He's got moxie. He's like me at work. Absolutely, I'll do that for you. What? What is it that you wanted me to do, oh by the way? Oh, my God. Could you just explain it to me once? And I can for sure do that. Fake it until you fucking make it. I just keep faking it, though. I never quite make oh, it. No. <laughs> We're all doing our best. We're all doing something. Um... Let's see. Jake and Rachel get into position. Then a guy walks by and he looks like Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> Brother. Brother. I don't know if that's the right one. I I'm think sure so. I'm not sure. 
<laughs> so if you know about wrestling, don't at yeah. me. Yeah, I think brother. he's the brother one. Mick Foley's the, oh, yeah. I, can, I could solve this by asking Scott, but I'm not going to. I'm going to let us be wrong. No, you should do to him what he did to you for Animorphs, but you do it for wrestling. Just ask him, like, really dumb fucking questions. <laughs> Like, here's the thing. I don't know that I could come up with questions like, why McDonald's? Like, it would never occur to me to ask that question of all the ones I could ask. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying I'm really, like, skilled or intelligent or anything like that. But, like, generally I ask questions that, like, advance my understanding (laughs) of what we're talking about. Yeah. The obvious questions, the linear questions, rather than the fucking diagonal all the way over here fucking question. (laughs) Like, yes, this is a question you could ask, but why? I'm not the nightcrawler of questions. I don't teleport randomly to places (laughs) that are unrelated. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Ugh. Some fucking wrestlers there. Um, (laughs) Brother... Fun fun fact, um, Mick Foley was the voice of the boulder in Avatar The Last Airbender. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, yep, yep. I don't know why I turned into Ducky from Land Before Time. I'm so sorry. She died. That's on her tombstone. No, I know. I Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I know all about that. Thank God. I'm sure you didn't know she died. <laughs> she did die. Oh, no. We have to stop. Okay. Okay. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Brother. <laughs> There's a fucking Horkvajir there. Um, it almost sees Cassie, I guess, and Tobias starts screaming to distract it, I think? I don't know. I wasn't quite sure what was going on. But Steve Austin whips out his Draken Beam. He shoots Tobias. Tobias fucking falls to the ground. And I'm like, you kind of had that coming, though, if you're going to fucking scream. Right. Um, Rachel's like, no! And she runs towards him. And Jake's like, Rachel, no! <laughs> and another controller... Again, Bob haircut. What is with these Bob haircuts? Um, it's the 90s. You can't answer these things. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Rachel gets shot. Not, like, directly, but, like, her like the ground by her feet, I think. Um, yeah. She flies, like, 30 fucking feet in the air, lands in the Yerk pool, and then Victor Trent, Visitor 3, buddy, our favorite villain, shows up, and he's like, Nobody move! There's an Andalite Bandalite among us! I'm sorry, I don't know what my voice just did. <laughs> It, it did a trend. It's not what he sounds like, though. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I, I don't know. I don't know what he sounds like. Um, that's pretty much what he sounds like. Like, that's the voice he's putting on, but in his voice. Um, so, Rachel's in the pool. Victor 3. Victor 3? Shit, my God. <laughs> Victor 3. That's Victor it. Three. That's his name. Victor 3. Victor that's three what is it here. is. Cowboy's a Chapman. <laughs> I'm suffering. Um... <laughs> we're in the pool there's people looking in the pool um victor three comes up he starts monologuing you can't hide from me all your plans are ruined but i'm villain uh rachel's like it's okay jake i made it out and she does not explain how but I no guess... and scott kept asking me every two minutes how did she make it out of the pool oh she morphed what did she morph into i you saw the same fucking thing i did i don't know <laughs> oh god <laughs> Marco turns to Axe. He's like, we have to do something. Axe says, we must use our weapon. Then he thought speaks to Visor 3, saying, we have maple-flavored oatmeal. Don't fuck with us. Uh, Visor 3's like, you threaten me? Ha ha ha! Axe is like, let us go or we'll poison the pool. 
Desert 3 is like, there must be a thousand Yurks in here. It is merely a small fraction of our army, unlike you who are spread very thin. Blah, blah, blah. I'm a villain. You'll never win. Uh, Jake looks angrily at Tobias's dead body at this point. Um, yes. Because he's getting worked up, I guess. Desert 3 is like, what makes you think I won't sacrifice a thousand Yurks? And then a lion runs up and says, how about 1,001? And pushes Visitor 3 into the pool. Uh, Jake says, now! And everybody starts throwing their balloons into the pool. How um, did they burst? Did they? There's no right? fucking way. There's no fucking way. It's like the most anticlimactic fucking thing. It's just, they're just throwing balloons in a fucking pool. And the balloons are just floating there. Even in the show, they didn't burst. Yeah! I, whatever. Ugh. God. Um, it was way cooler in the book, for sure. Yes. Elephant throwing a barrel of fucking contraband oatmeal. Fuck fucking yeah. I'll Marco take that shooting that week. shit with a Draken beam? Yes. Hell yeah. yes. Um, the controllers help Visitor 3 out of the pool. Cassie throws her balloon, hits him square in the fucking face. <laughs> Great, uh, face work, by the way. Yes. By, he by just Victor like, 3. Yes. For sure. And he just kind of fucking stands there, like, simmering for a moment. And then he's like, stop them! And he, like, points his finger in the air and shakes it. And it's, oh, my God. So hammy. It's great. So great. Then we get the action sequence. It's fucking insane. There's fucking, like, dubstep music. The kids are dodging Drake and Beam fire. There's, like, sparks. And controllers are, like, flying sideways onto the ground in slow motion like the fucking Matrix. Cassie's, like, running along the bridge, dodging explosions in slow motion, and... Hi. Lena's here. Um, I need her opinion on this. uh, Two controllers confront Rachel. Rachel starts, I wouldn't say roaring, I would say vocalizing at them, and they run screaming. Yes. Um, Meanwhile, Jake's like, oh no, Tobias! And he runs over him, and he picks him up, kind of roughly, like... If you want to, like, gently cradle this hawk, he was just basically, like, grabbing him and, like, shaking him. It was horrible. It was, like, the charred corpse of a bird that was <laughs> formerly alive. I don't, yeah. Tobias is fucking dead. Um, dead. So Jake's, like, crying over his dead body, and a hork sneaks up behind him and holds its blade to Jake's face. And Jake's like, oh, shit! It's very, like, alien when she's, like, standing there and the xenomorph is, like... Like, yes. sticking his face, and she's, like, crying and sweating and shit. Yeah. Um, but then... So nowhere near as cool. Yeah, nowhere near as cool as that. Um, the Harkvajir gets smacked in the face with another balloon, and Jake escapes, and Marco's like, yeah, nothing but Hork. <laughs> Which, like, not his best joke, but sure, it's fine. Um, that was great. Steve Austin shoots at him, and Marco runs away. Jake jumps Brother. over... <laughs> Brother! Um, Jake jumps over some crates with Tobias in slow motion because everything is in slow motion. Everybody runs up the stairs. There's more controllers flying sideways. Rachel runs up the stairs after them as a lion. And then we just cut to a bunch of ferrets coming out of the hole. Yep. Like, I don't know if this was successful or not. Like, I kind of get it, but also like, holy shit, abrupt. I mean, presumably they then dragged Tobias's dead corpse through the hole i guess all the way to the surface i guess yeah i guess i don't know um what happened to tobias is kind of left open-ended um unfortunately um just kind of 
uh, just very quickly, uh, as the ferrets come up, an image of the Yerk pool fades back in. Rachel's narration plays over and she says, Going back to the pool frightened me. It always will. Nothing matters to Visitor 3. Not even his own Yerks. We're not like that. We're in this for each other. And then there's a last image of Tobias fading over the top before we fade to black. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, that's... Yeah, alright. So, like, is Tobias dead? Or, like... I guess we'll find out next time? Uh... Like, this is what I don't get. Like, we don't get any sort of reason to believe he's alive. Because, like, when he's shot, it's, like, again, that bird puppet with, like, the arms that are, like... Or the wings that are, like looped on to the yeah it's like it's dead bird parts and we see him falling we see jake pick him up and it's clearly like a dead charred bird and then we just get the shot flying over but like nothing's ever explained like he shouldn't have even been down there how did he get back up if he got back up yeah none of this makes any sense and like tobias in this whole episode like christopher has like two lines yeah it didn't give me great feelings. No. It didn't spark a lot of joy in me. It sparked no joy. <laughs> this has been my least favorite episode thus far. Oh, for sure. Again, Axe is kind of the only thing that, like, really saved it for me. I mean, like, all yeah. the kids did, but, like, especially Axe. I was actually, as we were going through, I was really surprised by how many good times we did have. Like, the french fry moment. Yeah. And, like... Even though Chip was horrifying, that was entertaining at least. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, and the the axe and Marco moment where their axe is mimicking Marco. Oh, precious. Like, I'm surprised there were as many good moments as there were once we recapped. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. <sighs> Fuck. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. This was not my favorite episode. It was probably... One of my least favorite, if not my least favorite so far. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and, and put that flag in the ground and say this is my least favorite so far. Yeah. Uh, let's. Do we want to talk about how the kids did, though? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, All yep, right. Yep. Let's, let's talk about Jake and Sean. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. I just love that scene with Marco, especially. Oh, my God. Yes. I think he needs to learn a little bit more about Civil War. Um, but, yeah, but okay, here's the thing, though. I appreciated that they're starting to bring that in. Like, the fact that he is yes. assuming the role as leader. He's doing a lot of research on other wars. Yeah. And, and I, I really liked that. I, I really appreciated that aspect of it as well. Mm-hmm. And I think Sean did really, like... He, I feel like, didn't have a lot of range to work with this time but no, like yeah. he still delighted me with his interactions with marco and like his <laughs> even when like when he was acting with tobias i thought he actually did like a pretty good job with that like weird dead charred bird thing i i would have picked him up a little more gently i think but like whatever yeah eh, he's already dead what are you gonna do he's already dead Just- Fucking throws corpse around. It's fine. It's fine. He's not gonna know he's dead. I did really like his exasperated dad face, though. Like, when Marco was like, there's no nuance in this situation. And Jake's like, Marco, you're really embarrassing me in front of my friends. Yes. 
Uh, I'm just hearing fives is what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. For sure. Uh, all right, let's talk about Rachel slash Brooke. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love how... I love how fucking smug she was when she was bringing all that information about Edelman. Oh my god, yes. I She had so many moments in here where she, like, just did something that I didn't quite expect her to do mm-hmm. in the scene. And, like, that was one of them where, like, she could have just been straight reading it, but instead she's very much like, ha ha ha, you guys ought to listen to me now. Yeah. And, like, uh, the scene in the hospital, too, when she's doing the masks and she turns to Marco and, like... It was just like, if you read into how it plays, it's very much like, oh, you're supposed to be the planner and you didn't even think we have to cover our faces so they don't know who the fuck we are, you dumb idiot. Like, <laughs> I I don't know. I just loved her attitude there. She She's always, I mean, Brooke can do no wrong in my eyes, let's mm-hmm. be honest. Yep. Yep. She's oh. great. Total five. She- Total five. Always a five. It'll always. St- it'll never not. It'll never not be a five. It's always a five. Um. All right. Let's talk about Tobias. I guess this is kind of hard because he's not really in here. Well, he's not really in here, and I think we kind of deduced that he didn't really need to be in this episode. No reason to have him in this episode. They could have saved the money on getting Christopher to come in and read some lines. Yeah. About the only useful thing he did was alert. Marco and Rachel that uh, the controllers were coming. I guess. How did he even see it in the hallways of that hospital? There's no way, but whatever. Maybe they pulled up to the the building in their truck, but I don't know how he knew that they were controllers and not just, like, dudes. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either, but (sighs) sure. Sure. Yeah. Fine. There was that. But Christopher did good for his few lines that he had. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still gonna give him a five. I yeah, I mean, it's not his fault. None of this was his fault. <laughs> I feel like for the actors, five is just inevitable at this point. Yeah, they're just they're doing so much with the little they have to work with. Uh, all right, let's talk about Cassie. Nadia, oh, love it, Cindy Cropper. <laughs> it was a total like it just to me. I was like. Oh my god, she's embodying the, like, I'm not sure how to do this of Cassie. It was so beautiful how she just stuck them behind her back and, like, <laughs> like a cartoon character tried to tiptoe. Oh she Brilliant. And, just brilliant. And every time they were in the barn, she's walking around doing shit and doing chores yes. and taking care of shit. And everyone else is just sitting there. Yep. Pretty much. She was great. Yep. She was great. And I, I loved her, like, the interaction, like, the uh-huh with Rachel. Like, she did Felt a lot. Felt the friendship in that moment. Yes. yes. Loved that. Um, loved that so much. I also really enjoyed watching her face when Jake and Marco were doing that, that back and forth. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, she did great. She was like us watching the back and forth. Yeah. Like, the amused, this is nonsense. Yeah. You're all fools. Aww. I love it. So infectious. Uh, yeah. Obviously, she's fives. Yep. Fives there. Yep. Uh, Marco. Oh my god. <laughs> slash Boris, our BFF. Hell yeah. 
just this doesn't count for bingo by the way because we have to mention boris's name <laughs> <'cause he's laughs> so if you marked that square take it back <laughs> yeah that's our free space that's our free space that's right um uh, it's so many good jokes so many good jokes oh my god i i'm telling you the highlight for me was when they were doing the line passing the oatmeal balloons and he turns to no one and still pantomimes handing <laughs> off the balloons and then just pulls them out. Like, I died. Like, that That was, like, that was my light of, of Ellendale where I, in a dark place <laughs> he held out the light oh and my I my path was lit. It was beautiful and I loved it so much. Uh, I feel like you could turn that into a meme. <laughs> take so that picture of his face and just turn it into a meme. yeah and like oh my god it was just it was so fucking funny <sighs> like i don't know maybe it was just that perfect moment of like i'm drunk enough and this is stupid enough that just this just hit me so right <laughs> like no it's 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 phenomenal i enjoyed it so much good it's so understated I... but like when you when you see it it's just oh my god <laughs> It's so beautiful. Ugh. Ugh. Obviously fives. Obviously fives. Like that was that <laughs> was just great. I loved that so much. Oh god. And <laughs> now we get to talk about Axe and Pelo. Who are like god. five billion. Oh my god. Oh man. Axe was not super useful in this episode. All he did all he did was really like tell them about the Gleet biofilter, but like what a fucking delightful human being. Oh my god. He's so delightful. What a like, delightful and delight being. I like he maintained such a sense of dignity while scooping chocolate milkshake <laughs> out. It was beautiful. That's a fully grown man that tried to use the spoon as a straw yeah. and sold me on it. Oh my god. I just, I, I just, I can't, I can't deal with him and I want to see more. I need a super cut of all the best axe moments. Every single one. Every time he's on screen, he just like Every steals time. the scene. Just He does. Like, oh, oh, when he mimics Marco. Beautiful. Oh my God. It was, and like, it was really subtle too. Like I rewound that scene and I did not catch it the first time. And when I caught it the second time, I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Fucking precious. I did. I pointed it out to Scott and I made him rewind to watch it a second time. Because I started laughing. He's like, what? And I'm like, did, are you not seeing this? And he's like, what? So I like made him rewind. I'm like, look at Axe. And then he was like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is good. Oh, my God. <sighs> Stunning. Stunning work. It was so great. The whole conversation, like, yeah, I can throw. What's throw? What is that? <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Great, 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 great. Ten. Ten million. <laughs> so good. I loved him. He's a treasure. He's a treasure. He's a treasure of a boy. He's a boy. <sighs> oh, man. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We did it. Yay. We finally got there. <laughs> we finally got there. We're almost on hour three of recording. <laughs> God. What even happened? We got off on a few tangents. Yes. Um, and, you know. It happened. Shit happened. Yep. 
Oh man. Well, We've... all right. I'm ending it. Yeah. Let's let's <laughs> let's leave. Well, I mean, first we have to drop our shit and then leave. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, if you want to email me and tell me about how drunk you were during this episode, <laughs> that goes to anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com. Uh, or you can tell me publicly on Facebook and everyone else, too, on our Animorphs <laughs> Anonymous page. Or you can take it down to a lower group of Andalite Bandalites, which is facebook.com slash group slash Animorphs Anonymous. Or, you know, tweet at me at Animorphs Anon. Or you can, like, insta-slam me at Animorphs Anonymous. Yeah, Discord. Um, we have one. We talk all the time about Animorphs and other shit. Uh, well, mostly other shit, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well. Look, Animorphs is, like, the thing that got us there. That, like, our common, you know, thing that we all love. And then we just mm-hmm. kind of, like, expand and grow as people and characters from there with our other mm-hmm. interests um yeah if you want to join that discord and hang out with us uh you can add us on any of the social medias and we'll get you the link and we'll get you all set up to come hang it's a good time and we have a podcast it's this podcast that you're listening to <laughs> and you can find it anywhere <laughs> soon that will sound more interesting when we have another podcast but those are details for another day yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh that was great oh, um yeah, so like what the what do i do if i'm like listen podcasts are fine and all but i just want to sit quietly and read something beautiful oh i don't know what would you even do would you maybe check out my web comic that i make and draw and write and love because uh, you should yeah. check that out. It's called B-Side You. Uh, you can go read it for free at B-S-I-D-E-Y-O-U-Comic.com. I also have a Patreon, and you can read pages, like, way fucking ahead of schedule. Like, I'm, like, months ahead of schedule. And you can go mm-hmm. to Patreon and, and sign up to be a patron and get those early pages. It's lit. Oh, and you yes. can do that at Patreon.com slash Studios. Yeah, I am a patron, and I think my last update, which I got either today or yesterday. It was yesterday, uh, yeah. Yesterday, it said I was like 96 pages ahead of the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, that shit's not going up until end of December, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but it was absolutely in. delightful. I have to say, my favorite thing when, as a patron of your comic oh, is no. that when I get the updates, there's like, you, you write a lot about them at the bottom. Uh-huh. And, like, a lot of times it's like, here's my favorite thing that's happening on this panel, and here's why. And I find it delightful. Oh, no. <laughs> I, what do you mean, oh, no? It's delightful. <laughs> I enjoy it thoroughly. I highly recommend becoming a patron. Oh, my God. It's great. <laughs> um, okay, so we've talked about the beautiful comic books. If you like comic books that are, well, I'd say less beautiful... <laughs> And I mean that in a way that it's a, a monthly DC comic uh, from the 90s. <laughs> but I'd like to talk to you about Superboy. Because sometimes I'm an accidental third host on a podcast called From Cadmus to Crisis. This is a Superboy podcast. And I talk there with my friends David and Drew. And we talk about Superboy and sometimes other shit. And sometimes... They make an inside joke, and I stare at them blankly until they hand me one of their cell phones and play me a five-minute video that explains to me everything (laughs) I need to know. Oh, God. Wonderful. 
Yes. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say a ton about that, but like there is that, that's a podcast that really gets you in trouble sometimes. And it's great. (laughs) It's out of control. So, um, yes, check that out. Cadmus two crisis is a Superboy podcast. Nice. Shall we? How, how do we end cap this God awful episode? I don't even know. Shall we go consume a lot of oatmeal, become addicted, and possibly miserable and committed to a mental hospital? Eh, only if it's instant. Instant maple, baby! But no ginger. Just just maple. Hold the ginger. Just the instant maple, please. Four cheeseburgers. Hold the cheese. <laughs> Hold the cheese. Hold the cheese.